morning church. My name is Morin Lady, my father, I go back home, and I have the privilege of sharing God's word with you this morning. So, oh, I'm going to give you a very glowing recommendation or glowing presentation. Look, my, my only credentials, I would say, uh, one thing I can confidently say is I, I love God. So, like at the end of the day, the only thing that, that I believe allows me to stand here with confidence is because I believe the Lord has, has, has allowed me to be able to speak with love, conviction, passion, and honesty in what I'm sharing. So this morning I'm talking to you about something that is like, I think as preachers we, we, we always want to make sure we're sharing something that God has convicted us about. So I'm talking to you and as I'll, I'll be walking through the message, I'm talking to you about something that the Lord continues to sort of regularly challenge me on. Please bear with me as, again, I think it's been said that like, I, I try to move a lot, you know, <laughs> I try to engage and make sure that I'm seen. If I see you falling asleep, I'll come close to you and make sure that I, I preach the word of God. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, so as a church, we're currently going through um, a series through the book of Acts. Um, I'm just getting my, my, my additional scriptures. So actually, yeah, so we're going through the Gospel of Acts, uh, the book of Acts, which is an overflow of the Gospel of Luke. So it's the same writer. Um, started in the Gospel of Luke and then continued into the book of Acts, capturing that which the apostles did. Um, in, other, in other traditional classic versions of the Bible, they spoke about the Acts of the Apostles. And so that's what we're looking at. And in Acts chapter 4, this saw last week did a great job talking to us about the boldness with which the apostles went out. The boldness with which they preached the resurrected Jesus. And we'll see that even as we get into our text for this morning, sort of the precursor is Jesus and Him crucified. So as a church, we are unequivocally, unequivocally convinced and believe that without Jesus Christ, the life we live on earth is meaningless and incomplete. Jesus Christ, our Creator, has, has, has given His own life for us to have access in being in relationship with God. And therein, our lives, our true lives on this earth can be realized and can be lived. So let's get straight into it. Um, this week, the, the, the title of our message is one. You have heard Reino uh, sort of making that reference. You guys would have heard it, him and I heard it. Um, but one <laughs> is the title of our message. This morning, um, and so I'm going to go in the same fashion where he asked us to read in our native tongue. So I'm going to ask us to say the word one together on the count of three in our native tongue. Right? So in our mother tongue, the language we speak at home. So some of us will need some time to think about what that word is because our vernacular is not as good as, as our parents' vernacular. But on the count of three, I'm going to ask that we shout the word one. Are we ready? In our mother tongue. Okay, three, two, one. Yeah. Let's do it one more time. Three, two, one. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Um, we're a transcultural church, and so I think this all we must actually get into that practice. We find a word that we get the whole church to say together in their mother tongue. So the title of our message is simply one. One. 
We're going to be looking at the passage that walks us through the, the, the different aspects of oneness that we are to embody as a church. And so if there's one thing you remember this morning, it's one. One. Oneness. Oneness in God. In verse 32 of our, our, our preaching text, thank you, Bonnie, again, um, it reads as follows, All the believers were one in heart and one in mind. All the believers were one in heart and one in mind. We're going to have a look at different verses that speak about the significance of oneness, where Jesus himself emphasized and prayed for our oneness as a church as a people of God, as brothers and sisters in Christ. We understand here that before we even get into the story, that the dramatic story, by the way, that is seen in Acts 4, 32, all the way through to 5, 11, in the beginning it starts with all the believers were one in heart and one in mind. This is not an instruction that's given. We're not instructed to be one in heart and one in mind. The, the, the writer is recording Recollecting that they were one in heart and one in mind. And so everything that followed started with they were in sync. They were together in their mind and in their spirit and in their soul. Acts 4 verse 12, we see in, in sort of the passage we looked at last week. I think we, 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 there's not justice in this text if we don't appreciate that. Even this oneness in Christ starts with Jesus as Lord and Savior. So outside of Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior, this text is meaningless. We can't expect one another to behave the way that's described in this passage if Christ is not Lord and Savior. Because what is petition here? You know, as believers, when, when we're asked to share our possessions, when we're asked to be one, when we're asked to be together, that's because Jesus says, let them be one as you and I are one, Father. So, the precursor, the whole of Acts chapter 1, all the way through to Acts chapter 4, where we are now, we see them. So, in, 4, in Acts 4, 12, they speak about the name of Jesus. Peter was, 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 was teaching Acts 4, 12, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. A couple chapters before that, we looked at this a couple of weeks ago, Acts 2, um, verse 38, in fact, before that, verse 36, therefore let all Israel be assured, God made Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. The people then said, how do you respond to this truth? He said, repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. Then we see today in Acts chapter 4, verse 32, the preceding verse, which we looked at last week, says, After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Our oneness begins in Jesus Christ. Our oneness begins in the same Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. Lives in us. So when, when we see that, so remember, so they take for granted that the one heart and one mind because when you receive Christ, when you receive the same Spirit, baptized in the name of Jesus, the same name, naturally, you will be one in heart and one in mind. 
So for the orphans, by the way, they were one, they were one in heart and one in mind. And then they did what they did. John 17, verse 21. So this is, as we see that Jesus, in John 17, this is the infamous prayer that Jesus prayed. He prays for himself, he prays for the disciples, then in verses 20 and 21 and onwards, he starts praying for all believers that will follow. My prayer is not for them alone, he's referring to the disciples. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. By the way, that's what's happening in Acts. So they're teaching and preaching in the name of Jesus, the resurrection of Christ. So then he says that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, that they may also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I pray that they may be one, just as you and I are one. The Holy Trinity is one of the most difficult theological concepts to teach. Uh, people are, are, are labeled heretics because it's, it's just so complicated. But in Christianity, so in all religions, you've got monotheism and you've got polytheism. Monotheism means believing in one God, polytheism believing in many gods. Within monotheism, there's three major religions that believe in one God. Christianity, Judaism, Islam. Christianity believes in one God, though we do believe that it's three persons in one. It's a whole series on its own, so I won't even go into it, but the, the, the notion we take is we know that we serve one God in the form of the Holy Trinity, God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. Now, it's in this profound God revealed truth that we understand that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are one. Jesus' words. Let them be one, Father, as you and I are one. As I am in you and you are in me. So, so let, me, let me give some practical examples around what this oneness looks like. I'm going to show some pictures. Um, we have a three-legged grace. Anyone familiar with three-legged races or missing parents are very familiar with three-legged races. Um, so there are typically three different classifications in the three-legged race. You've got those at the back who are struggling. You've got those in front who are thriving. And then you've got the ones in the middle who are not struggling, but they were thriving, but they fell. A three-legged race, I think, is a prime example of oneness in mind and oneness in movement. Right? So, pre-COVID, I would have asked two volunteers. I would have held hand in hand, and I would have demonstrated for you all at least I don't plan properly the person I'm, I'm actually a partner with in the three-legged race. This leg is fine, Alan. It's flexible, you can move this one out. It's this one that's not. This one I'm supporting with the radio. I'm able to step one, one. Two, two. If you're not insane, then you're not in one mind. That's okay. Let me show you two more pieces. So there's two pieces I'm going to show you to further illustrate this. All right? So the importance of one mind and oneness, especially in a team dynamic and a team context, is if you don't have one mind, it's not that like, oh no, things won't be fine. It's that things will be very problematic. So on the right here, you're either going to face plant both of you. Yeah? It's painful. 
says, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother. He shall be joined with his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So it speaks about not a figurative or a spiritual, but a literal coming together. Right? And ultimately, we see it where two different genetic makeups form one new individual, unique individual. Right? So, so this concept of coming together, the Bible talks about we have been grafted into this branch, separate and coming together. Right? So there's this consistent language of we were once here, now we must come here. So, so this is all to emphasize the importance of oneness. All the believers were one in heart and one in mind. All the believers were one in heart and one in mind. One in heart and one in mind. When the Bible talks about oneness, there's this, there's this depth of understanding where uh, even the language of unity and oneness speaks about a coming together of souls. So, so, so it's at a significantly deep level. And the reason this oneness that is spoken about is as profound and as significant as it is, is because then everything else that flows from that is Christ-like, is centered in God. Right? So there's an overflow. So there's an amount, a massive amount of time and there's a massive amount of, 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 of sort of uh, teachings being where, where, where Jesus speaks about the importance of oneness. But this is why. We didn't see the passage. So, so our first point was one in heart and one in mind, right? So then we're going to be looking at the importance of us sharing our possessions together. But before we get there, I want to look at a second concept that is that is one family. Right? So and as I prayed about this message, I, I almost didn't use the word family. I, I want to say I felt it in my spirit to use the word family. I wanted to use community. Community. Community feels better. We struggle as a church. To see one another as family. That's true. Um, and I felt this is the right message to talk about the church as a family. Um, and I'm going to read some verses that talk about being brothers and sisters in Christ. But, church, I, I, as I pray for the Spirit of God to help me have eyes like Christ. Where I see somebody who doesn't look like me, who doesn't speak like me, who doesn't have the same background as me, I can see them as family. This is literally a daily transformation where the Lord must help me. Because naturally speaking, that, 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 that can't happen. That doesn't work. It's sort of a foreign concept. And church, I feel sort of in this message that we need to pray that the Lord help us. Daily. For me to see the person to my left or to my right. And I should be able to say that's family. And I believe that there are many challenges that we experience as a church, as churches across the world, where the starting point is, yeah, that's a fellow Christian, it's a fellow person who believes in the same thing that I do. That's where it ends. There's a, there's a me and them, there's an us and them mentality. 
Um, because I think we often think about it almost, almost like an industry, right? So I'm a big um, sportsman, so he's a Chiefs. It's like having a he's a Chiefs membership. And I interact with my fellow he's a Chiefs fans in a very unique way because we have unique way because we're one in mind and we're sharing for the same thing. Uh, but I gave my kind of right away as easily as I can. I didn't know that. I think that's how we treat church sometimes. A number of times where people in church will say, yo, I, they're so friendly to me in church, and then hey, if I bump into them in the mall, it's like they don't know me. The number of times I've heard that in the church is heartbreaking. We are one family. And, and, and I must add a disclaimer too. I recognize that even the word family is, 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 a, is a heavy word, it's a full word. Um, family for some of us is not a is not a good thing. I hear the word family, and I think about certain negative experiences I had. The word family can be a trigger. Um, same thing about Christmas, right? We, we, we like to say that Christmas is happy and fun for most people, but for some people, it's just so. There's a disclaimer to say family recognized because because of the fallenness of the world, because of sin, the family unit has been distorted and damaged. But God believes in family. God believes in the family. So let me read a couple of verses that, again, this is not me. I don't have an agenda of saying we must treat each other as a family. The Bible teaches that we are a family. So John 1 verse 12 says, Yet to all who did receive him, Jesus Christ, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. 1 John 3 verse 1 and 2, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world doesn't know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friends, now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known to us. Ephesians 1 verse 5, He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with His word and pleasure. Galatians 3 26 to 29. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith for all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither, this is where the powerful verse comes in, there is therefore neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male nor female, for all you are one in Jesus. If you love to Jesus Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heir according to his promise. You are two kids, one are they? To one another, they're sisters. They're sisters, right? They are your children. You guys form part of the same family. You are two, two boys, one are they to one another? They're brothers, I get it. They are your children, they are your parents, to one family. You are three boys. What are they to one another? They are brothers. We are part of the same family. So, Shelby, you and I are going to the verse that I just read. What are we to each other? According to what we read. It's not what I said, but according to what the Bible says. According to the Bible, we are here because we are about to be in church. In here, those who confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior were family. That's according to the Bible he claimed to live by. Right? Yeah. So we need to ask the Spirit of God to help us to see one another that way. And I have all grace as I say this because I know it's difficult. 
There's, there's nothing I won't do for my family. But I think twice about a stranger. That's me, you being honest, right? I won't hesitate for my blood. But I will hesitate for someone who's not my friend. And what the Bible teaches us is that only through Christ and the Spirit of God can we get to a point where as we're seeing one another, we see family. And, 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 and I emphasize, only through Christ and the Spirit of God can we get to a point where we see one another as family. And don't be hard on yourself if it takes time. I've been working with Jesus for years now, and it still takes time. Church this morning, I believe the Lord is challenging how we view one another in the church. This is not just our church Church with a capital C. There is an us and them mentality. There is a my family and their family mentality. Yes, I can come together in the name of Jesus, but there is too much of an us and them. And you want to see how this plays out? Acts chapter 5. <laughs> Acts chapter 5. <laughs> I, think, I think a lot of us <laughs> would have conducted ourselves the way Ephrata leaves. And in essence of you. <laughs> a lot of us. I won't ask you to confess. Eh? <laughs> in your heart, if you just say about like Jesus, I also would have been like, and in essence of by the grace of God, we got body Christians here. And we don't like sharing the all and two things. But I think many of us, you know, my house that I worked decades to own and pay off my cars, my investments in onshore and offshore. I know it's offshore, but it's onshore, but it's around. Offshore. Now all of a sudden, because of this guy, across 2,000 years ago, I was just giving. Yo. My prayer for us is that this conversation starts at a personal level. Take your own time. May each one of us speak to God on a regular basis and say, Lord, that word that was preached on Sunday, that verse and those verses that I see, what would you have me do? That's why I ask this morning, church. We're not going to, as a church, ask you next week not to all bring up. I ask, I plead that we may go back alone with our Lord and actually sincerely pray, Lord, what would you have me do? So let's keep going, right? So, so the family then, so there's one in heart, one in mind, there's a family context. Now let's look at, now we get into the meat of the text. Now we're going to look at the one verse. But the rest of this passage is fully understood once we get these principles of one in heart and mind and one family. Um, so we have one me. You know, preachers must have three words that are the same. One, one in heart and mind, one family, one me. So according to the scripture, we have one need, right? Because we have our need. So we have one need, singular, because it is our 
plural our need plural. It's made up of our individual needs. We have one need, that's our need, we have our individual needs. Right? In church, the Bible is very explicit about meeting other people's needs. Very explicit. Right? So, two verses I want to read. In James chapter 2, verses 15 to 17, it says, Suppose a brother or sister, suppose what? A brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm and be well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is that? 1 John 3, 17 and 18. <coughs> gives a quantifier, just in case some of us would be disqualified ourselves. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or a sister in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in that person? So, if, if, if a brother or sister comes to me and says, yo, my son's school fees, my wife and I are behind on my son's school fees, please help me. And I don't have it. I know. It is what it is. And when I can't ask, this can't help. But if a brother or sister comes to me and I have the means and I don't help, again, this is what means what the Bible says. 1 John 3, 17 and 18 says, how can the love of God be in that person? That's what John asks. If somebody comes to you in need and in your pocket you have the need they're asking for and you say God bless you, and you don't help them meet that need. The Bible says, how can the love of God be? And, and now, I know many of us now are convicted because you remember the time that the second week last week somebody came the side of the road and was asking for even one rent. And I had money in my wallet and my default is I had a plan for today. A lot of us recognize that we fall in this category. So again, I implore us that May we be led by the Spirit of God to know how to conduct ourselves in certain situations. Right? Because let me show you what the text is. So, so in verse in, in, in verse 34 it says, There were no needy persons among them, for from time to time those who owned land or houses sold them and brought the money from the sales. Right? What does it say? From time to time. So not everyone sold their possessions all at once and brought it to the apostles. It says from time to time. As they were led, as there was need, they sold their possessions. And not everyone. So church, not all of us are going to be asked to be like the rich young ruler where Jesus says, sell all your possessions, give them to the poor, come and follow me. But some of us will. Not everybody will be asked to sell everything and bring it at the apostles' feet. But some of us will. What was verse 31? After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was taken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. So preceding to this verse, then the Spirit of God. They were led by the Spirit of God. And so I emphasize again how we interact with this passage, church. May we be moved by what the Spirit of God is telling each one of us. There's an example that I, sort of a practical example that, that I want to give us. Um, let me ask for 
Six volunteers, if you have your car keys with you, please come up to the front. So six volunteers with your car keys, please come up to the front. Any six, please come. Make sure you have your car keys in your hand when you come up to the front. Thank you so much. Six volunteers with your car keys in their hands, please come up to the front.
goes on to say that they, they would meet together in the temple and then they would break bread in one another's homes. I know what's happening in my family's life because we talk often. And even when I don't talk perhaps to all of them, I'm in touch and connected with at least enough to know what's happening. As a church, we need to get to a point where as we see one another's family, we do what family does. We invite people into our home. Sometimes we need to blatantly ask, is everything okay? How can I help? And by the way, if I can't help, it's okay, right? As we close, my prayer and my ask for me and for us that the Spirit of God may lead us, that the Spirit of God may convict us, and that we may be as empathetic as our Lord and Savior. That we may, you know, church, they, 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 they. my wife and I know that no matter how bad things get. We will never really be in trouble. In the season we've had to ask family for help, friends for help. Before that, there was a season where we were helping. You understand? And that's life. All in Philippians 4 says, I've known plenty and I've known lack. In every season, I can do all things through Christ who gives us So, church, I speak to two groups now, so we've heard everything. So to those who are in a season of life, I encourage you, come to us as a church. Perhaps for it to be less intimidating, come to the Sowen, the Sowen Union. Jesus, 
I pray and I ask, Lord, that you may speak to your people at an individual level. And will ultimately translate at a corporate level, Lord, but start by speaking to us, Father. Speak to me, Lord. Where do I need eyes to see, ears to hear? Who do I need to see, Lord? Who do I need to help? May we be led by you, Lord Jesus, through your spirit. Lord, and for those of us who are afraid to step up and step out and say, no, I need help, it is bad. Be with those of us, Lord. Let us know that there is such a grace. Like the parable of the prodigal son, when you opened up your arms and you said, come, my son. It doesn't matter how bad things are. I love you. Lord, may we be a church that loves We'll eventually love the community out there, but may we get it right to love one another in church. Help us see one another's family. We love you. We praise you, Lord Jesus. May we keep our eyes daily fixed on you. Pray all these things. In Jesus' mighty name, all God's people say.